Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined once again by Jack Howard. Hello. Jack, how are you? I'm very well, It's thank been you. a while. It has. We haven't seen each other since the podcast festival. It's like we, we fell out. It's like we, it's like we did it. We went, yeah, that's great. See you soon. And then, you know, when people, as people are leaving at the end of the dinner party, yeah, it's been great. Must do it again. But it wasn't like that at all. It was, no. anyway, it's just circumstantially. You're well. You've been very, very well, busy. Yeah. Can I've you say busy. what you've been doing? Yeah, um, I've been directing a a sketch show for Comedy Central. And I don't think that's all I can say at the moment because it actually hasn't got a title yet. They haven't figured that out. Jack's um, big sketch show. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Okay, fine, uh, that's good, yeah. From now on. Great, excellent. Uh, that couldn't be, it's an unofficial title. But yeah, that's been great fun. Um, I've really, really been enjoying that. Um, it's just kind of a little bit like one of those, it's what I've wanted to do forever is just like being on set directing especially doing comedy at this kind of level for somebody like comedy central so it's been really really fun okay this was kind of weird it was like no you're no, interviewing me no, no but it's just it's because I mean, hopefully one day it will actually be an interview where it, you get to be able to do that it will i've been I've, obviously i've never directed anything in my life and nor would i ever be able to do so so i'm just amazingly impressed that anybody can ever do it however the reason that you're here today mm. is because so this happened that basically you said we have to have a Bond discussion. We have to. So we haven't spoken at all nope. since the last time we were together. On the last time, can I just remind everybody <laughs> that what happened the last time we were on I don't know if it was then or whether it was at Latitude. And we said, how over Bond are we already? Yeah. And yeah. I said, yeah, I don't care. We both I just, were a bit, and, I, and it hurt I wasn't to a say bit. it. I wasn't a bit. I was absolutely, I don't care. Right. I'm so past it. I'm so beyond caring we about even, it. I think we took a, a vote in, in the crowd as well, yeah. like, who cares about this anymore? Yeah. And it, I think it's because Spectre was a little bit of a, like a slog. And then I, I, everything to do with the marketing and, and to do with the, like the posters and just the whole... It all just felt like Bond film, and it didn't really feel like it was going to be adding anything new to Bond. Yeah. But I have to say how wrong I was. OK, fine. So... Just as a warning, this I so this will go without saying, I would think, but we are going to be talking spoilers. Major spoilers. If you don't know what happens in uh, No Time to Die, turn off, bank it. I mean, obviously, thanks for downloading it. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. get the figure. Thanks for listening that's, this far. That's great, yeah. You might want to you might want to listen <laughs> Leave as far it as the, and put it on mute. For the commercial. <laughs> yeah, just that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, thanks to our sponsors. But um the first thing to say was the reason that I was particularly sniffy about it beforehand was because it was Danny Boyle and John Hodge originally. And then Danny Boyle and John Hodge left. I think John Hodge left first because they were changing the script. And then Danny Boyle said, OK, well, if it's not John doing the script, then I'm not doing it. Because obviously they had worked together on Train Spotting and Shallow Grave mm-hmm. and Lifeless Ordinary and, uh, and The Beach. It was so, exciting to hear that Danny Boyle was going to be doing a Bond film. Wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. That, was, that was really exciting. And then he gone. <laughs> then the script being rewritten by a number of other people, including, you know, very, very uh, high profile uh, writer Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Who, I, who, which is interesting as well, because I saw an evening with Phoebe Waller-Bridge at the end of 2019, where this was big news, and obviously yeah. it was scheduled to come out in February the following year, back then. It's got, which is, it <laughs> seems like it, it's been on a shelf and finished for so long. I know. And that obviously was like a big talking point for her. And even she, and obviously she's being modest and underplaying it, but she was like, I've done a dialogue pass. Yes, like, she right. basically didn't get 
to like go into story and character arcs yeah. really i think she basically yeah. was brought in to to sort of strengthen certain dynamics yes. and things like that yeah. rather than like doing a general polish on the script yeah and Kerry Fukunaga doing the direction, um, fine, yeah. you know. Kerry Fukunaga is a great director. Okay. I think, like, like True Detective is fabulous. Yeah. And I haven't seen Beasts of No Nation. Yeah, which is. But he also was the DOP on that as right. well. And that's a that that is a it, that's a very strong film. He's very, a very very, very talented individual. Yes, although I have to admit that I was sniffy because it wasn't Danny Boyle. It's like, would you like? name of director who's made tons of films that you really love or somebody else. And I'm sure. afraid that it fell into the somebody else category. So I then had a whole thing that I, I didn't get to see the premiere because there was stuff going on, personal stuff. I did. Um, I know you did. <laughs> and I got closer to the mic for that. I, I went did, to the yeah. premiere. <laughs> and then I didn't, and then I didn't see it until it had opened in the cinema the day after right. on the Thursday. So, Basically, everything was lined up to make me go, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to let you go first. Oh, what? really? Oh, wow. This felt like you were building up to... I know, okay. but I've just... just that's it. Because so, I don't know what you think, although I know that you've... The guy who went me... to the premiere can speak first. Yes, because you saw it first. <laughs> you saw it 26 <laughs> hours it before the I did. Yes. How was that? Um, odd. You have to stand up when they enter the room. I find it all very strange. Uh, but I took my dad again. I took this him to was the, the Albert Hall. The Albert Hall, yeah. I took my dad to the Spectre premiere. And Just like I say, the Albert Hall is not the best place to show a film. It's not the best place to see a film, but it, there is a certain kind of electricity about any premiere like that. Yeah. Um, so and you... also, like, bringing my dad, who was the person who, like, introduced me to James Bond. I brought him along to... This is so funny, actually. I brought him along to the Spectre premiere, and then he was like... When he knew there was another Bond coming up, he was like, should I get my tuxedo ready? Should I, get, should I start like, get my diet so I can fit into it? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll see if I get invited. There's no guarantee about this. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's been major delays. And then eventually, when they tweeted saying when the premiere was, I messaged that to my dad to be like, ah, there is, it's, they've actually set a date now because yeah. there was a joke that they kept releasing uh, new posters for Bond. Yeah, with a, with I was like, date stop putting down, the date no, on it. No. Just stop putting the date. This like, month, getting, this year, yeah, yeah, this yeah. decade, we, sometime we in the future. Yeah, like, it just okay. so funny. Okay, so, te so you so got I, to the premiere. But no, I sent him the tweet to say the, the date is set. And then he just took that as confirmation that we were going. Oh, yeah, fine, 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 So yeah. he booked the day off work. He booked trains. And he was like, I'm coming down. I was like... Dad, I haven't been invited yet. What are you doing? And he went, yes. so that just sort of added fire but to it. But you are Jack Howard, and famous I, director of I, Comedy Central. I made, why would they, I made it happen. Um, why would they not let you in? <laughs> Did he say, I hear that Mark Kermode's not going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Get, get the, other, the, the younger version of that. Yeah, so. Um, so I went to the premiere. Really, really fantastic atmosphere. Like, so great. Seat's not great. Like, you know, four, four or five rows back. Neck being yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. for two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but... Absolutely loved it. Okay, and you didn't like Spectre? At all, no. In fact, I'll tell a lie. I liked Spectre for about five minutes until after I'd left the, the opening cinema. Set. Oh, fine, fine, fine. No, I left, I, I, I finished Spectre and I was like, eh, Bond! And then afterwards, people immediately started telling me what they didn't like about it. I was like, oh yeah, they're right. And all the sort of the veil was lifted. So um, I went into this one very apprehensive. And as we discussed before, like I was kind of over it as well. Which yeah. was sad as a Bond fan. I was like, I just don't know if I care. And yeah. I said it before on this podcast that I was like, it just looks like they're making Bond film and not yes. like a, a, a film that's a good in its own right. It's, it, it, you know, even I do think that is a good description. Coming soon, Bond film. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, because like, that is what it felt like. Yeah, it was like white poster, 007, him doing a pose with a gun. It was like, this could be anything. But also because we'd been led to believe that all the edges that it had would have been taken... You know, mm. the, when, when, when you lose a scriptwriter and you lose a director... It's not a good it's, it's generally because they were trying to do something, you know... Well, let's imagine they were trying to do something exciting, but something bolder. Something bolder, and in fact, what you've got is a safe pair of hands yep. and a committee, and, and, and a director know. who's not quite in this. You know, you know, no disrespect to Kerry Fukunaga, he's a fantastic filmmaker, but like you can't control Danny, Danny Boyle. Boyle. The way yeah. that you could maybe control this sort of more up-and-coming filmmaker. Yeah. I should say I had a I had a conversation fairly recently. This is how stupid I am. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody. I said, "What's the deal with getting young independent directors with one art house movie under their belt to do to, Marvel di films. to, to do Marvel films? They said, you can boss them around exactly. 
Yeah, well, exactly you, okay, so you knew that, right? Yeah, and I yeah, went, yeah. oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I'd always thought it was because, like, you know, we're trying to get some sort of sparkle. We're trying to get something edgy. Well, it looks like that. Yeah, but in fact, the answer is no. Absolutely not. What we want is somebody who will do exactly what we tell. It's like the George W. Bush, you know, <laughs> just get in the monkey, right? And hit him with a stick and tell him yeah. what to do. Which is why it's kind of uh, amazing to see from Academy Award winning director, um, oh my God, her name has gone from my, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Like seeing that on the trailer for Eternals yeah. is like, okay, they're really, they wouldn't have pushed this, but it's now interesting to see that on a Marvel trailer. Yeah, because yeah, you could be pretty certain that when that, when that was like all her. lined up, did they think, Probably you know, not, yeah. She's, this is going to win Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> this, this film is going to warp the Oscars. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. So back to Bond. Yeah. No time to die. Uh, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really good. Like from the start, I was so into it. I, it didn't start the way I expected it to. The tone very cold. Like the. Literally, I mean, it starts in like a sort of icy kind of uh, atmosphere, but like the horror element to it, yeah. like even just small decisions, I was like, I like this. It like, starts as a slasher movie. Yeah, The whole yeah. idea of a remote like house. Yeah, exactly. Masked killer comes up, you know, marching up to the window. That's a horror film. Mm. And in fact, I mean, I know that Bond in the past has opened as a science fiction film yeah. or it's opened as an action film or... I don't think a Bond movie is opened as a horror film, or at least no, not yeah. one that I can think of. And I can't seriously, think of you like could that. have shown somebody that opening sequence and gone, tell me the genre of yeah. this film. The yeah. genre of that film is that is a like stalk and slash. you didn't show movie. the gun barrel at the start. Yeah, yeah. And you just opened with that and said, what, what film is this? It's I don't a, think you would have thought it's it was a It's a stalk and slash movie yeah. with a masked killer. Yeah. Okay, so good start, very good strong start. start. Yeah, and I really, really liked the reintroduction of Bond and Madeline Swan because like everybody didn't really buy that relationship. It was like, no, no, Vespa's the one. You don't get two ones. Yeah, when you say everybody, can you count me out of that? Because did, you, did you buy into the Madeline Swan romance? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and I had a lot, I had, a, I had many fewer problems with some previous installments than uh, you did. Yes, yeah. I did buy into the Madeline Swan romance. Yeah, really? absolutely. Yeah, all I right. didn't know any problem with it at all. Yeah, I, I just never really bought it. It felt very rushed to me, Inspector. And in this, I liked that they felt much more like a mature, human couple and that she was acknowledging the grief that he was clearly still feeling from von vesper and encouraging him to try and face it head on it felt like she was a good yeah, support for him when you're betrayed by a martini it's a terrible thing <laughs> um and which is always a problem for me okay so very early on we get the the strains of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yes. And and bef even before the film had played, on soundtrack discussion groups, people were going, oh, is they're using all the time and what this means. Yeah. So what did that say to you about where we were going? So it's interesting because I think the film, like Spectre and a little bit like Skyfall as well, is still kind of playing on that bond of nostalgia. But the hearing the uh, all the time in the world and the theme from Honor Majesty's Secret Service lets you know that there is a tragedy that's going to happen. And I think what it's trying to do is tell you that they are going to do on a Majesty's Secret Service and that Madeleine Swan will die. Okay. That's what I got. Yeah, you see... I thought it was playing towards the idea that, like, if you were to know, and not everybody does because it was a long time ago, and it's the one that nobody really... Like, I know it's like a fan favourite now because... You know, it's Christopher Nolan's favourite and he references it in Inception and things like that. But actually, for paying audiences, people don't really know about George Lazenby. They it, don't care. It, it is really weird. I was having a conversation with a long-standing Bond fan about this. Actually, I've talked to Dave Norris about this. Um, said, it is really odd that Honor Majesty's Secret Service is the one they tried to bury mm. because, you know, everyone went, well, George Lazenby is rubbish. Instantly, I don't think George Lazenby is, is rubbish. rubbish. No, I don't think he is. 
I also think, you know, but it then became this kind of culty thing to say your favourite your favourite Bond film was On a Majesty's Secret Service. I was saying that for as long as I remember because I saw it. See, I saw all the Bonds on double bills. I, the first one I saw was Live and Let Die, and then they were doing all the double bill re-releases. So you saw everything out of order and double out of sync. Yeah, exactly, double O bills. <laughs> and, um, and I just saw on A Majesty's Secret Service, and I know who George Lazenby was, but to be honest, at that point, I didn't really know who Sean Connery was, because mm. for me, Bond was Roger Bond. Moore. Right. Well, yeah, oh, but, you right. know, so... And I just remember thinking, on A Majesty's Secret Service, has got the best tune, absolutely the best theme tune, and it's the one with emotional impact and loss. But it is definitely interesting that now, even the Bond, the people who own the Bond franchise are kind of looking at it as this hallowed, you know, jewel. But at the time, they tried, they tried to ignore well, it. Yeah, I, I think get Connery back for the next one. You know, that's the thing is that I don't even know how many people genuinely know that Connery left, was replaced, and then came, came back. back. Like I don't know. Like imagine if Daniel Craig came back. I know. Well, like imagine they replace him now, and they were like, no, get Craig back. <laughs> Pay him whatever he wants. Get Craig back. That would be insane. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is such a weird thing that you actually, you had Bond, you had another Bond, and everyone went, we don't like that Bond. You went, all right, we'll pay the other Bond yeah. a huge amount of money. To put the wig back on. To put the wig to get back in, <laughs> to do the thing before he goes off and does Ransom and Zardoz and, you know, all those other, all those other weird career choices. However, the Daniel Craig thing about, you know, wouldn't it be weird if they brought Daniel Craig back? So I think that the key thing that you got from very early on was... There is an arc to the Daniel Craig movies. Yes. And this is the last chapter. Absolutely. And it is narratively the Never last chapter. Never have we seen a Bond film know it's the last one yeah. of the actor yeah. ever. And it, I think that's really special. It, and they really lent into it. More clearly, they lent Absolutely. Because I remember when it was the last Brosnan, Brosnan wanted to do another one. Yes. As, if, if I, I think remember he was scheduled correctly. to do the Casino Royale fine, fine. one he, before it all got canned. There was definitely, I, th- I, I definitely read interviews which he wanted, there was one more that he wanted to do. Lazenby clearly wasn't up for just the... Just, but the, but it, the whole thing about it is that in the previous incarnations, the, sh- the shift between one actor playing Bond and the next actor wasn't a narrative thing. No. It wasn't... This, this part of the narrative is finished. I mean, when George Lazenby walks in, he's Sean Connery as far as the narrative is concerned. There's even things in Roger Moore's Bond where he goes to visit the grave of Tracy. Yes. And it's like, so this is the same man. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's same had the same experiences. Yeah. But everything about um, No Time to Die, right from the beginning, goes, this is a closing chapter, which I think is actually quite clever because it, yep. y- you feel like you're in the final arc of something. I thought that that use of On a Majesty's Secret Service music just meant tragedy is coming. Me too. Stuff is going to happen. It just, yeah. It's not necessarily this, that, or the other. And I, and I had this whole thing that... For quite some time ago, I had been told that there was a version of the script in which Bond died. Mm-hmm. But I was absolutely convinced that that, that was... the Danny Boyle thing. Yeah, I, and I don't know any of the truth is, but I was absolutely convinced that, that that had gone out of the window and that that was what... I mean, obviously, it just shows how much movie critics know, and that evidently wasn't the case. But... So, but I thought some, there is some, there's, there's going to be loss, there's going to be stuff happening, there's going to be, you know, you're going to get proper emotional involvement. And I felt that right from the very beginning. And it wasn't just the music. It was, the whole thing had a kind of swan song. Daniel Craig looks really tired. He also, on a different, in a different comment about his performance, I think he feels really different in this. Like he's really settled into a different part of Bond's life. He stopped being Bond. He stopped yeah. being 007. He's, like the, you know, the interrogation with, with Blofeld almost feels like if he was putting on a different accent, it could be a scene from Knives Out. Like oh. the, way, the way that he was kind of like using wow, his hands. Wow, Block, I can't yeah. do the Knives Out accent. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great accent, but I can't do that yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wonder if there's a line from it that comes to mind. Like, <laughs> it's like a croakiness. I'm trying to think of a line from Knives Out now. The only thing I can do from Knives Out is... Snatch your child in the bathroom. That's very good. <laughs> it's Jamie Lee Curtis saying, I read your profile in my magazine. I found it charming. Yes, um, yes. Okay, yes. so, but I thought he had... He, he looked like an... And I don't mean this in a way, because some people said, oh, you know, too old, blah, 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 blah. I mean, honestly, if, if I had ever looked like what Daniel Craig looks like ever. now, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. But I, there was something about this is a world beat this is somebody who's been beaten up by the world and has stepped away from it 
And usually the way that they would do that in a movie is that you get the actor who was the action hero and they just put a bit of dust on yeah, them, you know, yeah, just yeah, a little yeah. bit, maybe give them a jumper or something, <laughs> which they could then take off. But when you, when you meet him at the beginning, you do get the sense he's still, you know, he's still Bond, he's still all those kind of reckless things that he was, but he has put that thing behind him. Yeah. And and I think that goes all the way up to the, to the final moments as well, when he's being told what to do by Q. And he's almost doing a little bit of like, a, yeah, I know, yeah, end of the world. So yeah, he's doing a little <laughs> bit like, I get it. Like, he's like, I know what I need to do. And even not to sort of like jump the gun and go straight to the big thing that we need to talk about, but it feels like he knows he's not leaving yes. for a while. Yes. Like, he feels like he knows I'm going to complete the job and I'm not going anywhere. And yeah. I think that's, even that's interesting to watch because I think people who aren't like myself, who kind of jumps ahead in narrative, like yeah. so when I hear the Iron Majesty Secret Service theme, I think it's trying to implant in my head that Madeline's going to die. Okay. And already as well, because it was called No Time to Die, and because it was his last one, and because he was saying so much that it was his last one, I was even asking, like, I remember having a conversation with my hairdresser and being like, do you think they're going to kill him? And he was like, no. I was like, I feel like they might kill him. Because, like, they've never done that before, and they're just going to replace Bond anyway. And then it feels like he himself in the film okay, well, thinks right. that. The two significant conversations that I had about this before the I've film... I've heard your conversation with Simon Mayo. I think he's talking nonsense. No, 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 not that. Before, <laughs> before the film. Before the film. <laughs> All right, before the film. So I had a conversation with Danny Boyle. Um, Ooh. Yeah, 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 in which I went... Pick up that. So do they... <laughs> Quite heavy. <I> mean. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, we go back a long way. Oh, I've, yeah. I've got one of the shallow grave You're shovels. Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan's, Dan's, but yeah. Or Danny boy. <laughs> anyway, and I, I was with... I was at... With Danny Boyle at something. I right. said, Danny, you have... Give me the... Tell me the story about Bond. He said, I can't. Right. And I said, who am I going to tell? He went, you are literally a journalist. <laughs> You'll tell everyone. Exactly. <laughs> and I said... Um, What's the thing about you, you? You were going to kill him, right? You were going to kill him, and he said, "I'm not saying anything." I went, "But that was a thing, right? You were going to kill him, and that's why the thing." And Danny Ball said, "I'm not saying anything," and I said, "But how? Because you can't kill Bond." And Danny Ball went, "Of course you can." I went, "What do you mean you can? He, of course you can kill him." And I went, well, uh, uh, "Like we hear my brain going, how? How?" And he went, "Because you know, every Bond is a Bond. It's a different. Of course you can kill him. It's like mm -hmm. you look at every." And I had this moment when I went. Oh, of course you can kill him. Mm -hmm. Of course you can, because every version of Bond is a different Bond. Of course, of course you, you know, if you, if, of course you Daniel can kill Craig him. Daniel Craig isn't the same Bond as Pierce Brosnan. I know, but you see, now you're saying that like it's the most obvious thing. Well, okay. it wasn't the most obvious thing before Daniel Craig, because Daniel Craig reset everything and just said, we're starting from the moment he becomes 007. Yeah, okay, but right, but just to finish my name drop, Please. if I yeah, can just yeah. pick Danny Boyle up off the floor again. <laughs> and I went, fine. Brilliant idea. So that's why, that's why you, because they wouldn't let you do that. And Danny Boyle said this thing in his very, I mean, I have to say congratulations to everybody involved in this film for not letting on. For, especially during At, all the delays. There yeah. was not even a rumour. No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing was written about it. I had it. so many nights in the pub with Dave Norris, right? Dave Norris, you know, projectionist. Yeah, he would and see, he'd seen it. He'd seen the, it about 100 times. Yeah, the last, time, the last thing that I did before lockdown hit was be at your MK3D. Yeah. And I said, have you seen it, Dave? And he went, only four times. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, is it good? And he went, yeah. I'm not saying nothing. Exactly. And I said, and I know Dave, he's a friend of mine. We know each other very well. And I went, do they kill Bond? And Dave went, and I, this poker face that meant no, Mm -hmm. You know, literally nothing. And I was going, come on. So they, okay, so they don't kill him. So they don't kill him, right? Do you want another pint? There, fine. Right. <laughs> so they don't kill him, him. right? I was, it was, I mean, it was cruel. It was cruel and unusual because yeah. I just thought, I just assumed that obviously they didn't. So I just thought I was just prodding Dave, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing. I mean, honestly, I have never seen somebody keep a secret like, because I know him, like Dave Norris. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the amount of times it was, I just went, so do you know Come on. nothing? Absolutely nothing. I would go. Is it any good? Nothing. And I go. Okay. So it's it's just all right. Nothing. All right. So it's not terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not great. Nothing. It was like he was dead. More beer. Yeah, more beer. Nothing. <laughs> Dave Norris beer. It's not going to make any difference. Drink you under the table. So anyway, so that was so I knew nothing about it, but I had in my head, oh, they you can do it but they're not going to. Mm -hmm. Why are they not going to? Because they've bottled out. Yeah, because it, it feels like a too brave of a decision to do that. Yeah. It feels like 
a good idea that somebody would quite quickly think about and think about the reaction or th like a person at a, in a desk who pays the money would be like, oh, no, no, we can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't, can't do that. that. And then as we started getting into the third act, I started thinking, oh, good Lord, they're actually going to do this. Mm. How do I not know this is the case? How have I gone? And I actually started to get slightly panicky. Like, How have I gone this far not knowing that this happened? Because this film, you know, there was all these rumours when, when they first did the first delay. Oh, it's not very good. And they've gone back and they're recutting it. No, they weren't. It was finished. It, it, yeah, they didn't touch it. <laughs> no, the only thing they did, apparently, was oh, really? they looked No, they looked at some of the colour timing. Oh. And they just went, yeah, exactly. Like, no big yeah, deal. The, because the film was cut and mm -hmm. finished and done. And they didn't change anything about it at all. All those internet groups go, oh, yeah, they've had to cancel it because it doesn't work. Which is insane this, to think that, like... Because there's, there's an amount of money, even for Bond, there's an amount of money that you have to spend, and then you can't give it more money. Like, they have a budget, and that's it. But it was... So, all that time, I actually started to get this slightly panicky thing, but I can't... It, 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 it's actually going to happen. So, by the time we got to it happening, and, the, and, of course, the beautiful... I thought the beautiful way in which the script did the this is why it's going to happen, it's going to happen because he can't be with her, yeah. not because she's dead. Because it's but, still tragedy. Yes, and that terrible moment when he suddenly realises that her DNA is in the... It, now he is... And even though that's a big, ridiculous, world-ending plot, it's still, like, they found a way to make it, like, it's about the emotion of, like, this human yes. being and how he responds to these nanobots that are in the mist. Like, it's just... It's still, like, a ridiculous plot, but I agree, it's... it's core is about emotionally really what's going on and I'm so in agreement with what you said on your review as well about the moment that's a joke but not a joke when Bond says this is my and, and like the, the look the delivery from Daniel Craig on that moment it is, is, that's like I think the moment it's of the film. great if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, can I ask you about the Star Wars moment, okay? What's the Star Wars The moment? Star Wars moment, okay. So when Anadea Mas turns up, who, yes. of course, was so brilliant. Ste scene stealer. Absolutely great. And she was so great in Knives Out. So yes. they've worked together before. And she's been brilliant in a lot of things. I did a blog some time ago about a film that she had made with Keanu Reeves, which had been horribly butchered by the distributors, mm. but in its original version was a much more interesting film. And, I, you know, I, had, I always liked it. Anyway, that whole section, okay, narratively, you could take off and put away. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. What happens is he turns up and he goes, okay, and then a whole bunch of stuff happens, and then he goes... Back to the plot. Back to where it was. <laughs> and I kept thinking, it's like the gambling planet in Star Wars. Right. The only difference is, I actually really don't want them to take this bit out. And you remember you'd said the whole thing with the gambling planet in Star Wars is that if they don't have that, John Boyega has got nothing to do in, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. The movie is long, and anyone with a big stick would go, that's coming out. Yeah. But I love that. I whole. completely love it as well. I completely love that moment. I, 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 I would 
took a while to remember what you meant about the gambling planet because it's, oh yeah, sorry, I've tried it from the Last Jedi. I've like, yeah, that is for me. You know, forget all the fanboys and what they have to say about that film. But like that, I agree, is kind of a bit of a shaky kind of plot in, in that movie. But I agree, th this I just completely charmed by her from the word go. I love that she was this wet behind the ears kind of like very excitable spy. She's like, I've done two and weeks then, training. Yeah, and then she's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a gag. It's a really good gag. You it's like an, it's an old it's, school Bond gag. I've done two weeks training, but I'm actually better at this yeah, than anybody yeah. else. And then at the end, she goes like, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I also think it quite in a clever way set us up, sets up this kind of like father-daughter dynamic that Bond has with her. Like she's kind of... Like there's this like moment when she starts to undress him and he goes, don't you think we should get to know each other first in a very old fashioned Bond way? And then she just goes, oh no, 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 thank you. Yeah. And then, it, then it, after that, it becomes a different no dynamic. no old man, no old man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes this quite different dynamic that sets up for the idea that Bond is more of a fatherly figure now than he is a, a partner. Oh, that's interesting. And that's what I thought about it, especially the second time that I watched it. Because this is another big thing about the movie, not to skip over the Anna Dianis moment, because that scene is spectacular to watch. It's one of the most special moments of the film. Joy. It's so fun. But they gave James Bond a daughter, and none of us went, nope. We all went, well, okay. Can I just say some of us did? Did you not like no, that? I, no, not, not some of us, not us two, but I have had, I have had I've met at least one person <laughs> who's very big invested in Bond has said, sure. he can't have a family. The whole point is he would never have a family. And I felt like going... Why is that the whole point? No, I know. Because well, he wouldn't have a family, because he wouldn't have a family because he put them in danger. And I was going like, he didn't know he had a family. Okay, that's the whole point. Yeah. He didn't know he had a family. That's, it's not like he planned it. He didn't know he had it. That's why the thing when he goes, this is my family, and he <laughs> says the word, that's why that's a big joke. We said, no, no, Bond cannot have a family. Go, no, that's, that's the reason. I can't have conversations with people like that. It's like, no, it has to be the thing that it's always been, otherwise it's different and I don't like that. It's like, that's why Star Wars The Last Jedi has got loads of people against it. It's the exact same mentality of like, it's different from what I thought it was before. I don't like that at all. But, and, but, but you've given Superman a kid before and everyone rejected it. Everyone went, nope, that, nope, nope. And it's not that it doesn't narratively work. It's that the delicacy of doing something like that giving such an iconic character a different, well, just a different perspective on him and a different way of going about something like that is difficult to land. And they landed it. Like, this is the thing I would say about the film in general, is it's like a hunker of a plane to try and bring down and land okay. <laughs> like, holy crap, like, what a responsibility. And they did it. And I think everything, everything in it kind of worked for me. Even the Rami Malek villain, who I think is a bit moustache Twiddly. It's not a bit moustache twiddly. Very. Easy. Hello. Yeah. I'm, I'm very evil. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm going to talk in this voice. Yeah. Because... But the, why I liked it so much is because I think he thinks he's a Bond villain and he's doing that we're not so different, you and I, kind of thing. He's doing the Joker yeah, speech. He's very much. Like, he's, <laughs> he's very doing, much doing This that. is your Heath Ledger thing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? He's doing don't, the... be, don't be like them. You're not like them. <laughs> yeah, but he's very much that doing that. That was a very that. good Heath Ledger incident, didn't you think? Didn't you think, didn't think that was... Was that who that was? Yeah, I thought you were doing off. That was a very good... Was <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that he it thinks that him and Bond is such a meaningful thing that they're both in love with Madeleine Swan. We both eradicate people and all that. You know, he's doing that two sides of the same coin thing. Bond doesn't care about him at all. Bond is just going, you're a madman. I'm just going to go along with this thing. And then when he comes to killing him, he doesn't even look at him. It's so, it's, he's so insignificant to Bond and to the rest of it. And I like that they played that. He almost feels a little bit like, it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but he feels to me like an incel. Like he feels like somebody who's like feels like he's owed things and sees things a certain way and feels a connection with somebody that isn't there. Yeah. And the rest of the characters don't find him meaningful. He is literally an evil plot device. He's a psychopath that has to be overcome that well, brings things okay. together. On the subject of evil plot devices, what did you make of the <laughs> Hannibal Lecter introduction? Of, I mean, you know, Christoph Waltz, Fantastic. who appears to have been being kept prisoner in a vault 
a hundred miles yeah. into into a tunnel that you know it is a roller coaster to come out. <laughs> it's like you go, I mean, like, there's the thing in, in Silence of the Lambs when they've got Anthony Hopkins on the you know on the on the yeah. on the, the movable what do you call those things the, the trolley the truck. on the, yeah, on the yeah, truck yeah. yeah and he's strapped in. You go okay, fine because the last time he was left alone with a you know with anybody he bit the side of their face you off. You can't have anyone have a contact with him. I get it. Yeah, okay, so it's like that. He's strapped in and he's got a thing over his mouth, so he's like a he can't be like a bitey dog. That's still just a trolley. But Christoph Waltz, he's like, it's like a Thunderbirds thing. He's coming in on this thing. We've Did buried... they build this for him? <laughs> was it just a round for dangerous prisoners? Yeah, we have this one for the most dangerous prisoner that we have in. <laughs> what is he? Supernatural. But of course, I mean, I know, yes, you know, but I, I, that was one moment I did think, this is a bit silly. Yeah, yeah. But I think the whole thing's a bit silly. And I think it's letting itself be a bit silly, but it's kind of straddling the tone in a really nice way. So it's got even the showed somebody that I really blew his mind. Oh like, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, And yeah, even that, I'm like, yes. That is I, a good. That is a good old-fashioned bond. It's a proper bond, like because that's a callback to the thing. In is it? Is it on a Majesty's Secret Service when the guy goes through the snow plow? And he says, I told you he had guts, which is, which is I remember right. as a kid watching that. He said guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one that really sticks in my head is from um, Pierce Brosnan's Die Another Day, which is obviously a rubbish film. But one of the henchmen... Is Die Another Day the invisible car? Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. There's a, one of the henchmen in Die Another Day is called Mr. Kill. <laughs> and when he introduces himself, Pierce Brosnan says... Well, there's a name to die for. Very good, <laughs> very good, very good. And I can't help but love those. That that to me feels like that's quite Bond, and it's nice that they sort of embraced that in this a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was definitely a moment with the explodey eye that you did think, "Sorry, the eye exploded because what?" Watch. Yeah, I know, but because EMP watch. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's still there was the thing when when he when he gives. When he gives him the watch in the first place, and there's a good joke about, you know, how how far how big is its range? Fairly, fairly. Yeah. Well, we haven't used, but there was a whole lot of Austin Powers. Look, we're giving you a watch that's yeah. going to do something. You know, it it's will like, become relevant later sorry, in the film. You're going on a mission. We have no idea what the mission's going to involve, <laughs> but here is a virtual sewing kit. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, something that's just like okay, but yeah. Anyway, so blowy up thing. But I did think that 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 bit was silly. Although it then caught me off guard because the, the way in which he then dies, which of course sets up everything that happens in the end, mm -hmm. was genuinely quite shocking. Because you think that what's going to happen is that Bond is going to kill him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then that isn't what happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I thought that was quite well done. Yeah, and, and that, whole, that whole sequence on the stairs, like the one-take sequence yeah. of, of the fight, all of that I thought was fucking great. Yes. Like, it, like, I can't really... Fault the and anything that I find a little so bit you, like there's nothing about it that you didn't like. Not any anything that's like a nitpick is like I don't think that Rami Malek is the best thing in it, but I've found a way of like well it wasn't like I found a way it was just that it presented itself to me that like I was like oh he's not he's not the Bond villain he thinks he's a Bond villain and actually it's not really about him and he's just something to sort of overcome. So I didn't feel disappointed by that. Thought Hans Zimmer's score was pretty good. It was very much relying on okay. old themes. I wasn't crazy about the score. It, it becomes I, a bit the Dark Knight towards the end. He just sort of starts recycling. Yeah. I mean, it's Hans Zimmer, so he he does that a lot. Yes. But you know, even you saying like using all the time in the world and the Honor Majesty's Secret Service theme, even though that does feel relevant yeah he also uses the dun 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 yeah. he uses that old bond theme from a majesty secret service yeah. which has no relevance to this whatsoever but he still uses it because it's cool and that's fine well it does have a relevance to it because it's it's still telling you that we're back in a bond movie in which stuff may happen that you won't walk away from sure yeah we, yeah you know. which is a, a nice i think it's a nice way of like uh, analyzing that choice, but I genuinely think that Hans Zimmer's like, it's Bond, I'm gonna do all the Bond. Yeah. I'm gonna do Bond, all the Bond you like. Have you seen Dune? I have. And what do you think of the Zimmer score for that? I think it's, it's, it's kind of hard, it's like Dunkirk, it's kind of hard to call it a score, because it's kind of just mixes of like Alarms sound, and, and yeah. sound design and like tones, and but I thought it would suited the film very well. Okay. I, I think the only thing in, in Dune that is kind of Dune. Dune? Dune. No, Dune. No, it's Dune. This is my Dune. No, it's Dune. All right, we're not like Terry and Dune. 
It's Dune. It's Dune. It's not. <laughs> it's Brigadoon. In fact, funnily enough, I had it in my head that um, uh, in the opening of the David Lynch film, yeah. that the, you know, the narrator bit that she says, you know, Arrakis, also known as, and I had it in my head that she says Dune, and I went back and watched it on uh, YouTube the other day. She doesn't. She says Dune. It's Dune. Yeah, but Alexander Skarsgård, when he goes, this is my blah, 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 this is my Dune. Yeah, but he's Swedish. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not Alexander Skarsgård, it's, De- it's Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know. um, but yeah, it's not Dune. It's du- anyway, never mind, Kerry. <laughs> Moving on. Keep up with this conversation. Yeah, so you right. felt about it... Yeah, I thought good, but like the the the, the voice, the the sort of the shouty. Ah, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that sometimes was like almost a bit funny. But I also find <laughs> most of Dune almost a bit funny because everyone's taking it so seriously and saying, "I need that spice," and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> very silly words to be saying in a very serious way." Good. And I'm not saying that everything needs to have the tone of Marvel. I don't want that at all, but I think there is something about Denis Villeneuve's very serious way of delivering this sort of material, but the kind of, the words they're saying, and even the, even the fact that his name is Paul, like... Well, his name is Paul. I know, but this is it. Is it like, you can't change this. It's part of the source material, but like Peter and, and like Harry and Neo are like names for me that sound like you can say them in a serious way, but... Paul. Well, hang on, you think Harry is a more serious name than Paul? I've heard Harry said by Voldemort, like, Harry Potter. Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you hear that and it feels... But someone going, protect Paul, is like, I know Paul's and... I know Harry's. (laughs) Sounds just a bit of a funny name. I think, okay, I think that is genuinely... Slightly crazy I think it's a, objection a to name. the fact that it's you know, not an obje- it's, just a, it's just a detail. Okay. Right. But anyway, what did get, you think of the score? Well, I, th- I I I am slightly of the opinion at the moment that the best thing that uh, Zimmer could do is a light romantic comedy, which involves <laughs> you know, some. He, he, he has. No, I know he has, but like you know, the holiday score was Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I know, but I mean, <laughs> that was a way back. I mean, I think he's kind of, you know, I, I think it just, I think it wouldn't hurt yeah. to just do something that was, you know, like a little bit of a, you know, little bit of a tinkle, little bit of a thing over here. Zimmer's and, a machine now. Like it's when it says even the score for Bond, and forgive me, I can't remember who produced it, but it literally says music by Hans Zimmer a score produced by in the same title card so that significantly to me says that like this was overseen by Hans Zimmer probably had like a lot of other people involved as well and actually he's just got a studio a team of people creating music all the time the the composer Lorne Balfe who's now become his own thing the most recent Mission Impossible he's done loads of stuff he famously started out being yes, like, exactly. one of Hans Zimmer's boys. Hans Zimmer, the Gregson yeah. William brothers are one of Hans Zimmer's. So he's basically now, I think, just a, a name for a team of people yeah. creating stuff. Okay, but I mean, I thought the, the, the Bond music, I thought, was it was it was Hans Zimmer does Bond. Yep. All the stuff I loved about it was callbacks to other yeah. movies. All the stuff that I was less interested in was just the kind of, you know, the building tension, the, you know, you know, all that. That's sort of, it. Yeah, that, exactly. that is Hans Zimmer doing action. Yeah, which is a bit like, OK, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, and it, I, I mean, I, I confess, I still, I'm a huge David Arnold fan. Oh, you my see, God. I mean, I, if He's the, the best. Yeah, and I think no matter what they do with Pond, it would just be great if they gave... Uh, you know, a Bond movie back to David Arnold. I completely and went, agree. Just, you know, because I do think he's got an ear for it. And not just that he kind of lives and breathes Bond, which he does, but he's got that John Barry thing going on. He's got the melodic ear. An awful lot of what's happening in the No Time to Die score, and I, I say this incidentally without listening to the score on its own, which I should do, but as I remember it in the film, an awful lot of the melodic stuff was callbacks mm. and an awful lot of the new stuff was dun 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 you know which is you know which I just I suppose you know I want something so but but it's a niggle but it's nothing more than it's nothing more than a niggle that's it I I think that everything in it that they tried to go for landed really well I thought it was great and I'll bring this to an end as well with something else you said as far as Spectre was concerned you liked Spectre until five minutes afterwards yeah. when you realised that you didn't, OK? Yes. Here's the weird thing about No Time to Die for me. I came out of it thinking, that was pretty good. And since 
seeing it, it's got better. I completely agree. Like I came out of it and was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. They, I, actually you're left with the, they did it. They did it, yeah. They did it and then you start reflecting on everything else and you're like, there was no, nothing in like, Even from the very start, I liked the horror thing. I liked the chase. I thought all of that worked really well. I thought it was designed beautifully. I thought the opening titles were fantastic. The, the spinny camera shot that takes us back into the real world that comes out of the titles. The, the funny scientists. Like every, every bit, I'm like, yeah, I like this. This is all just very good. Yeah. But then about a week after, I was thinking, this is actually better than very, this is very good. Yeah. This really is very good. Shall we rank <clears throat> Daniel Craig's... Okay, all right, yeah, fine. So... Era. Yeah, so do you want to work down from... Five. Okay, so five, uh, question of sport, obviously. Nope, Spectre is absolutely the worst it's one. just so isn't. So actually, I think that there's, there's almost like a, uh, a revisiting that's going on with Quantum of Solace. That I would recommend it. It's only an hour and 40 minutes, and it serves really nice... Come on, hear me out. <laughs> it serves really nicely as a direct link to Casino Royale. Okay. There is a really fantastic video that I don't mind promoting here at all. Okay. A guy called Andrew Allard, who is a script editor, I believe, yeah. who made this video essay, not defending Quantum Solace, but certainly talking about the merits of it. And one of the significant points that he makes about Quantum Solace is that people think it's a film about Bond on a like revenge, like he's just plowing through people and doesn't care who he hurts. But actually, even the journalists describe it that way, M and people in MI6 think that Bond is doing that, but actually Bond is suppressing all of his emotion and just doing the job and getting confused for being on a revenge plot. But actually he's just avoiding talking about his real stuff. And obviously there's a lot of stuff that happened in 2008 with the writer's strike and all this sort of stuff. And it's shot like a Bourne movie and it's got the, uh, the stunt team from the Bourne movies and it's definitely trying to do that. But when it works, and it, because it's breezy, it kind of, to yeah. me, is aged all right. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed going back to it okay. recently. No, so it's definitely not. It's rubbish. It's not. Okay, so... Uh, Spectre is rubbish. Quantum of Solace first. So, second, um, Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Which I actually don't dislike. I mean, I, incidentally, when I say with all the... With, with the exception of Question of Sport, which is the only one I actively dislike, I like Spectre. Right. I, have, I mean, I don't dislike Spectre. I enjoyed Spectre, same as you. I enjoyed it when I was watching it. And then I came out and then Kim explained to me why everything was wrong with it. And I thought, <laughs> I don't care. I kind of, I liked it. Yeah. I loved, you know, I, I didn't have any problem with it at all. I'm a but, sort of fan of made, it. I mean, this is the thing, this is another reason why I like tip my hat to No Time to Die is that they were left with some pretty terrible pieces on the board. Like making Blofeld Bond's adopted brother. Yeah, no, no, it make, yeah, no, it makes no sense. Makes, I mean, as Kim said, in order for that to work, this is Kim Newman, as Kim Newman said, in order for that to work, this is a plan that he must have been hatching when he was 14. <laughs> it's like, he literally thought, and all the like <laughs> screenshots from the film that he just puts on the wall in the fire. What is this? I know. And he, the best thing about Spectre is the opening sequence, the one time. Yeah, which I love, the, which I yeah, absolutely love. Which is great. Okay. Really, all right, really good. So are they going to match up now? Okay, three. I mean, they are, yeah. Okay, three. No time to die. Because I actually think No Time to Die and Skyfall are neck and neck. I th I, if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to put them in an order like we have oh, to, I will put it third, but I think okay. Skyfall and No Time to Die are yeah. the same. Okay, so I agree with you about No Time to Die bang in the middle. Oh, no, they're not going to match up then. I know what you've no. done. Yeah, so two. <laughs> Skyfall. No. Yeah. Casino Royale. No. Yes. No. Yeah. You're wrong. Sorry. There <laughs> You're so wrong. There we are. I there used to think that Skyfall oh, was the best one. Oh, humble. Yeah. <laughs> the, the song's great. But number one is absolutely Casino Royale. And I watched it recently. I was like, it just, it just even goes beyond. Like, I love Bond and I love Bond films. But Skyfall is a celebration of James Bond, which is why I like, used to rate it as my favourite one. But actually, it is kind of riffing on the Dark Knight stuff a lot. And the more I watch it, the sort of, I mean, it's beautiful. No, no Bond film has ever looked more beautiful because Roger Deakins. But Casino Royale, like just as a story and just as character and, and just patience of it and the score from David Arnold, like it's all just so. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love Casino Royale. I think it's great. It changed the face of Bond. It but changed cinema. In a yeah, way. yeah, but Skyfall is for me, and I mean this isn't this isn't a you know big argument because the fact it can is, be. no, but it's fight out on a train. Yeah, yes, right, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, Skyfall has that melodrama that I love, mm. 
and it also has the straw dogs section. I mean, there's a whole section of it that is literally straw dogs. We'll just go back to this remote place. It's and Home Alone. We, exact, well, Home Alone is straw dogs for kids, you know. <laughs> and we will booby trap the living yeah. shit out of it. And I, and it has characters, losing characters that you don't expect yeah. to lose. Yeah. And it has visual majesty. I mean, the thing is, when I think of Casino Royale, I think of it as a, is a, a fairly claustrophobic film, a film which is a lot of... The, mm. Skyfall has got breathing space. I mean, actually, the whole section when they go to Skyfall... The, sh the shots of Scotland. Yeah, it is literally like they're going, OK, yeah. and now there is some <laughs> really on, big... <laughs> yeah, we'll be in the pub. You just, you just shoot that stuff and make it, it look fabulous. Like... <laughs> you know? But I... And I, I... It just worked for me on a, on a purely emotional level, mm. I just thought. And also it gave me something of what I got from Bond when I first saw Bond, which was I'd never been on a plane, but I saw big open spaces. And Casino Royale is much more of a, no matter where the action goes, it's much more of an internal claustrophobic film. Mm -hmm. But Skyfall feels like it escapes from a city and goes into the country. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, and I, you know, but hey. I think Casino Royale as well, obviously you're remembering a lot of the like, like the stair fights and- Oh no, no, I know there are, there are expansive things like, in I mean, it. The crane at yeah, the start, yeah. like the free running chase. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and even the airport sequence, which I remember just takes its time. The free so running well. chase. I remember coming out of Casino Royale and an older than me film critic going, is it, is it called, is it Parker? <laughs> How do you say it? Is it Parker? Brilliant. Is it? <laughs> so good. And I thought, even I, even I know what this is. This is how old this is. Okay, all right. Well, look, I am very glad that we agree on this. And I think we should both say we were wrong. We were wrong. I, I judged it too soon. And I, yeah. I think that, in, in a way, I think that's marketing's fault. But, <laughs> so I don't take all the responsibility. Okay. But we were. We were. Yeah, and, we were and wrong. I was, I've got a little bit, yeah, I think you said the word sniffy earlier. Yeah. I think that's a good word for it. I was yeah. just feeling a little bit like, eh, I'm not yeah. sort of done with this now. Yeah, but exactly. It yeah. reawakened my love for it. And I'm, I'm so pleased that now I actually don't think it is one good, one bad, because I actually have reevaluated Quantum of Solace in my head a little bit. I actually think there's only one that's a little bit that I don't want to ever see again. <laughs> um, but, Congratulations to Daniel Craig for being the best Bond. Yeah, like, the without best a doubt. Bond Evs. Best Bond Evs. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Cameron and Film podcast. If you have, do the usual stuff. Subscribe, tell your friends. Go to our Patreon channel where you can watch this whole... Uh, Ordeal. conversation this whole ordeal <laughs> uh, in uh, there's a video of the whole thing because we happen to have a camera with us and there's a lot want, of that If stuff. you want to enjoy Two Handsome Men... Um, looking across from each other then just, then just Google two handsome men <laughs> look at each other I'm sure Google will, will do stuff for you uh, we look forward to seeing your Comedy Central what we're we calling it Jack Howard's big Jack comedy. Howard's big comedy thing yeah sure yes that's going to be a huge hit um, <laughs> I'll pitch that title to them they are looking for a title uh, if you want to get in touch let us know what you think it's at Kermode on film stay safe keep watching the scars bye Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.